are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. We've had a lot going on today, and it's been exciting to have people from Two two Lakes with us for the baptism. And I kind of sense a need with it being Family Worship Sunday to be brief. How many of you believe I have that ability to be brief? (laughs) I've never really proven that to you, have I? Last Sunday, we started a series called The Path. Immediately, people begin to have conversations with me saying, Pastor, I'm not thinking so much about what's morally right and morally wrong. I tend to know when I sin and when I don't. But help me know how to get on the right path in life. For example, how do I know if this is the person that I should marry? Or should I be dating this person or should I not be dating this person? Is this a good path for me? Sometimes I've had conversations over the past week with people who've been saying to me, Pastor, I'm trying to make a decision about accepting or declining a job offer. How do I know if this is the right thing for me to do or if this is what God wants me to do? One family I talked to said, we're looking at buying a house. We don't want to buy the wrong house. How do we know if this is the house we're supposed to buy? If this is the right path for us, if this is what we should do? And so I'm going to give you a bottom line this morning, okay? And here's the bottom line. We often are given warning signals in life to help us not choose the wrong path, okay? Often in our lives, you and I are giving, given rather warning signals that help us to not choose the wrong path. So let me talk to you a little bit about what I mean by that. Some people... I've had conversations with me saying, Pastor, we made a decision a few years ago. We thought it was a really good decision. We were trying to make a logical decision, not an emotional decision, and we thought we had really done our homework. It turned out not to be the greatest thing for us. We didn't see certain things along the path, things that we had not planned for, things that were unexpected. So how do you know when you're making the right choices? So open a Bible with me to the book of Proverbs, okay? Chapter 27, and I'm going to be reading verse 12. Chapter 27, verse 12. Now, what I would love for you to do, love, love, love for you to do, is to take this worship folder that you were given, and I would love for you to open it to this page, and you'll see a place for sermon notes, okay? This is what I would love. I would love for you to write the Scripture down this morning because it's only one verse, okay? It's only one verse and it's only two lines. So I would love for you to write it down. Now, if you don't write it down, I will still like you. And if you go into the hospital, I'll still come and visit you, all right? But I would love it, love it, love it if you wrote it down. It's Proverbs 27, 12. And here's what it says. The prudent, which means the wise or the careful, the prudent see danger and take refuge. That's the first line. It's called the couplet, two lines of poetry. The prudent see danger and take refuge. Here's the second line. But the simple, now he's referring to a person who is foolish or naive, but the, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The simple, everybody's writing, I love this. The simple keep going and pay the penalty. So you understand that, right? So you're walking along through life and all of a sudden you see danger up ahead. You get red flags. You get warning signals. And you decide in that moment, I better take refuge. I better make precautions. 
There's other people who see the same things that you see, but they just keep going, hoping that it will work out somehow that they will be the exception. So here's what the Bible says this morning, and this is what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So those are the words of Solomon. Let's talk about them for a few minutes, all right? So I brought with me today this right here. It is a red flag, all right? So many of you throughout your lifetime have seen red flags. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want you to raise your hand, and I'll point to you, and you can call out from where you are the answer to the question, okay? Maybe several of you will answer. But when you see a red flag like this right here being waved, what is it that first comes to your mind? What words come to your mind when you see a red flag? What are they? Just raise your hand. I'll point to you. You can yell it out. Right there, little man. Stop. Very good. So when I see a red flag, often I think the same thing. Anybody else? When you see a red flag, what do you see? Uh, Jason, what do you see? Danger. Danger is a word that I would identify with as well. Anybody else? You see a red flag. What do you think when you see a red flag? What word comes to your mind? Alert. Alert. Very good. Anybody else? Got anything else? We're all on the right path, right track. Are you being for real, little girl? Okay, what is it? What? Can't hear her. Penalty. Got you. You play soccer or something? Got you. Okay. So anybody else? Danger, alert, warning, those kinds of things. That's what I think when I see a red flag. Do you know the first time that we ever in history had the record of a red flag being used? 1602. Do you know what the red flag was used for in 1602 by the British? To signify that we are preparing for war, for battle. When the red flag went up, it said to everybody, prepare yourselves, we're going to battle. In 1777, they raised a red flag for another reason. And you know what it was for? To warn some people that there was flooding going on. Since then, the red flag has gone up for all kinds of things like that. Did you know that years ago when there weren't lights and there was a railroad crossing, do you know what was held up by the railroad crossing? A red flag. Now we've got lights and we've got bells and we've got those wooden things that come down that nobody could break through even if you tried. But in those days, they just used, I was trying to be funny, they just used red <laughs> flags. In some races, when they raise a red flag, it means everybody on the course or on the track, rather, stop where you are. There's danger on the course. And if you go to the beach and you see a red flag, do you know what it means? Dangerous water conditions. If you see two red flags... It means the beach is closed. Now, I know it's a bummer when the beach is closed. So, here we go. Sometimes we use the word, phrase, red flag as an idiom. Do you know what an idiom is? An idiom is a phrase that we have formed that has meaning that could not be defined by the words within the idiom. For example, you ready? If I said to you, it is raining cats and dogs outside you would know that I meant that it's raining really hard outside. But if you define the word rain, cats, and dogs, you would never get the meaning of the idiom. And so we use the word phrase red flag in the same way. And here's how we talk about it. When I interview somebody here to work with us, I will say to other people who are interviewing, can you talk to me about any red flags that you saw? And I'm using it not literally, but metaphorically. 
Throughout my life, when I talk to people about decisions they made that have been very poor decisions, you know what I say to them? And when you were making that decision, did you not see any red flags along the way? If after the service, a young couple comes up to me and says, Pastor, we wanted to celebrate with you. We have been dating for a couple of years now, and we've decided that we're moving in together. I would not celebrate with them. Do you know what I would do? I would start waving a red flag. And I would say, let me warn you, okay? This is a dangerous road you're on. You don't want to make this decision. Or if a young married couple came up to me and said, Pastor, we're real excited. After church, we're going to shopping because we are going to get a TV. And guess what? It's 60 inches and we don't pay for two years. I would raise a red flag and say, listen, you don't want to manage money that way. Or if you said we found a car and we love it and the payments are going to be really high, higher than we can really afford, to be honest with you, Pastor Rick, but it's the car I've always wanted. And guess what? It's the right color. And besides that, we've prayed about it. I would wave a red flag and say, listen, I got to warn you, okay? You do not want to make this decision. Here's what's interesting. In every one of those situations, every one of those people already saw the red flag. Before I said a word. And you know what they did when they saw the red flag? They ignored them. Do you know why they ignored them? Because they had already made up their mind. This is what I want. And the reason I think it's important on a Sunday morning to quote Proverbs 27, 12 to you and talk about it is simply for this reason. Because every day, every day, every day, every day... People are knowingly walking into danger. Every day, people are knowingly walking right into trouble because in their hearts, they've already decided, this is what I want. And regardless of all the warning signals that are being waved and the red flags that I'm seeing, I'm going to make the decision anyway because I've decided this is what I want. And they ignore the red flag. Thinking to themselves... Maybe I'll be the exception. And maybe it will all work out anyway. So, let's talk about the meaning of this, okay? My wife, Annette, and I were home a couple of weeks ago, and it was my day off. And, um, and so, she was really encouraging me to do more yard work than I normally do because we had company coming. And I'm, I don't love the yard work, but I'm, I'm okay with it. But I, it's kind of like when you start adding yard work on, then I'm not excited, you know. And finally, you know, I'm trying to be a good husband and all of that. And, and she says, I know that you're really tired and we've worked out, but the bushes on the side of the house, they really need trimming. And I'm like, I'm mad. Who in the world ever goes to that side of our house? I mean, think about it. Nobody ever sees over there. Oh, come on. Let's, let's, let's get these bushes done. And so I say, okay. And so I walk into my garage and I pick up a trimmer. All right. Laying beside the trimmer, there is a guard. That guard came with that trimmer three and a half years ago when I purchased it. But I've never put the guard on. And the reason is, is because in order to put the guard on, I would have to bend over and pick up a screwdriver out of the box beside my foot. And I would have to undo two screws, slide the guard on and screw them in. For a man who lives at my pace, that is asking a lot, okay? (laughs) I looked at the guard. I threw it to the side like I've done for three and a half years. I picked up the trimmer and a cord and I headed out to the side of my house. I got on a ladder and I started trimming this bush. 
And Annette's watching me and coaching me. And I always appreciate her coaching me when I'm doing things like that in the yard. After I got the first one done, she goes in the house. I get on the ladder and I start to do the second bush. And as I'm trimming, guess what happens? My hand slips off. And it goes into that crazy thing. And I cut my finger pretty good right here. Do you remember that I have issues and like if I see blood and stuff, I want to pass out? I'm on a ladder. I was able to get off the ladder. I'm yelling, Annette, Annette, I think I'm passing out. You got to come out here. Hurry, please. I ended up not passing out and I'm still alive today. But you know what? I saw a red flag. And you know what I did when I saw that red flag? I ignored it. Because I was in a hurry. And I was thinking maybe I could be the exception. Here's what the Bible says. The wise see danger and they take refuge. But the foolish, when they see danger, (laughs) they just keep on going. But then they pay the penalty. I want you to memorize that verse. I want you to memorize that verse this week. And I want you to remember that verse for the rest of your life. Solomon uses those two words in couplets. Couplet means two lines of poetry over and over and over again in the book of Proverbs. And every time he uses them, they have the same kind of meaning. When he uses the word prudent, it means a person who is wise or who is careful, who exercises good judgment. When he uses the word simple, he's talking about a person who is foolish or a person who is naive or a person who sometimes is not even moral. Sometimes he uses it in that regard. So here's the question for you this morning. In my attempt to be brief in my sermon, which one are you? And when you look back on your life and the way that you have lived your life all of these years, have you been someone who sees danger, the red flag? Do you take precaution? Do you exercise good judgment? Or do you just kind of keep going hoping you'll be the exception? I'm going to move in with my boyfriend anyway. And maybe we will be the exceptional couple. I'm going to go ahead and get the television that I don't start paying for for two years. And hopefully in two years I'll have lots of money. I'm going to go ahead and buy a car. Knowing I really can't afford it. But I'm hoping it all works out somehow. And even though I'm seeing red flags everywhere. I'm going to ignore them. And move forward with what I want. Okay, there's a reason why. I'm passionate about you changing the way you live. When I was a young man, I got married to Annette. We started having kids, two of them, girls, Brittany and Morgan. And early on in my life, I made some really bad financial decisions. And I remember the consequences of those were pretty tough. I remember trying to dig out of those holes and it wasn't fun. And I made a decision about my future. I was going to quit making decisions like that. Even though in the moment that was what I wanted and in the moment it seemed easy and in the moment I wanted to say, well, maybe it'll all work out somehow anyway. I decided I was going to stop living that way. 
And I remember the narrative in my mind was like this. I rehearsed it many times. Annette can tell you this line because she's heard it many times. I used to make bad financial decisions, but now I am wise in the decisions I make regarding my family's finances. And I live by a whole different narrative. And every time I was tempted to do something stupid with money, I would say to myself, yes, I used to make poor financial decisions, but now I am wise in the way that I handle my family's finances. And I realized that I wasn't stuck. And even though that had become a pattern of behavior for me, I could break that pattern. And when I saw danger and the warning signals, I could take refuge. Okay, here we go. Bad ending to the story. I'm sorry about this, but this is the way it is. The guy who writes it, his name is Solomon. Solomon has this thing. And his thing is that he really is into women. He's got lots of wives. And God says to him, Solomon, whatever you do, don't marry any foreign women. They will turn your heart to serve their gods. Don't do it. Verse 2, 1 Kings chapter 11. You know what Solomon does? He marries a bunch of foreign women. I can't help it. What can I say? I like the foreign ladies. And he marries them. And you know what happens? They begin to say, Solomon, you should go to church with me. I go to church with you. And Solomon began to worship other gods. He has this huge however in his life. And that's the way the Bible describes him. Solomon, however... Loved many foreign women after God said, Don't do it. Here's the really bad news his life comes apart, his relationship with God is compromised. But he's not just a man, he's a king. And his kingdom gets ripped in two. And now there's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom of Israel. And at times they're at war with each other. And his kids pay the price. And his grandkids pay the price. And his great-grandkids pay the price. And his great-great-great-grandkids pay the price. Because here's what the Bible says. The wise, they see danger and they take refuge. But the foolish, they just keep going. And they pay the penalty. I don't want you paying the penalty. And there's always a penalty when you walk away from what you know God wants for you. So, with these words, I'll wrap it up. Jesus showed up on the scene 2,000 years ago with one of these. And he just walked around waving it, okay? He says to a rich young man, You know what? Money means way too much to you. (laughs) You're greedy. You need to go sell everything you have and give it all away to the poor. Because money has become wrong in your life. You've got the wrong view of money. To this lady who was caught in adultery, Jesus spares her her life, saves her day, literally. And then he says to her, hey, you've got to quit doing what you're doing. You've got to quit sleeping around with men. It's not a good path for you. And to a bunch of people who are really religious, Jesus one day just waves the flag and says, You've got to quit judging people! (laughs) 
You're not holier than thou. And one day to a bunch of other religious people like this, he says, you've got to quit hating people. Even your enemies you've got to love. And to people who are greedy, he said, hey, you've got to quit being that way. You've got to be generous. This is a dangerous road you're on. And then he said, let me tell you about an alternative way to live. Repent. Turn around. Go the other direction. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. And you can be a part of this whole other way of living. So, with that I'll wrap it up. You want to stand with me? Some of you walked in the doors today. And you would say, Rick, my life is going down a certain path. And honestly... I see red flags everywhere I look. Warning signals, warning signs. I know that my life is not moving in the right direction. I know that I'm off base. I know that I'm wrong. And sometimes when I come to church on Sundays like this, I feel like God speaks to me. I love it when God speaks to me. In fact, sometimes I say, God, don't ever stop speaking to me, please. Always talk to me. And this morning may be one of those mornings where you feel like God has spoken to you and He's waving a flag in front of you and He's saying, Hey, you're on a bad road, man. You're going down the wrong path. There's danger signals everywhere. This is not taking you to a good place. You've got to turn life around. And so if that's where you are this morning, we have in our church altars. They're right here in front of us. You just come and you kneel with your knees on the floor and your elbows kind of on the altar and you just find a place to pray. That's all it is. doesn't mean you join the church, nothing like that. I'm just finding a place to talk to God. And so if this morning we're going to sing in a minute, I want everybody to join us in the singing. If you want to come and pray about the path your life is on, you know, I I I don't want to say you're invited. I want to say this to you. I urge you, come and pray about it. Now, here's the other deal. There'll be a pastor over here. Case is right here, and there'll be a pastor here. Move that way now, if you will. One of our pastors, okay? And if you want to be prayed for, you can just walk up to one of those pastors. David's coming here. He'll be over here. Jake is here. Just walk up to one of those pastors and just say, Hey, would you pray with me? They'll pray with you. If you want to be prayed for about a physical things going on in your life, just they'll come and pray with you. And, and maybe there's somebody that you really love and you really care about. And they are on a bad path and it's breaking your heart because you can see where they're headed. I want you to come and pray for them. I feel like it's one of those days where a lot of us should come and pray because there's so many of us who have people in our lives that we love who are on a very bad path. Maybe you've been hanging around the church for a while. You've been debating, giving your life to Jesus and following Him. Because right now you're following something else. And you're going, Rick, my life's not going in a good direction. And I really need Jesus. And I need to be forgiven of sin. And I need a different kind of heart. And I need to be changed. You can come. One of the pastors will pray for you. You can pray about anything you want. So we're going to sing. And as we sing, I want you to feel free. No, I urge you to come and pray. Okay, let's sing together.
staying and remaining here in prayer. If you want to come and be prayed with with the pastor, please come. Don't leave this room without doing that. Would you receive this blessing today? May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Would you love your neighbor as yourself? Go in his peace and love today. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.